I want to welcome you to day five of our look together through Revelation chapter six. We're looking at these signs, these seals that are being opened up that reveal to us what's going to happen at the end of time, how this world is going to end. And we've seen the seals of war and of famine and of conquest. We've seen the seals of Christian martyrs, and they're giving their life for, for their love for Jesus Christ and others who come to faith because they've given their lives. Now we see in this sixth seal some very, very clear signs of the fact that this world is falling apart. Let me read for you this sixth seal, Revelation chapter 6, verses 12 to 17. I watched as he opened the sixth seal, and there was a great earthquake. The sun turned black like sackcloth made of goat hair, and the whole moon turned blood red, and the stars in the sky fell to the earth as late figs dropped from a fig tree when shaken by a strong wind. The sky receded like a scroll rolling up, and every mountain and island were removed from its place. Then the kings of the earth, the princes and generals, the rich, the mighty, and every slave and every free man hid in caves and among the rocks of the mountains. They called to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come, and who can stand? What a seal. As we walk through this, we see some very clear signs of the fact that this world will not end. God's going to create a new heaven and a new earth, but before that, the old one falls apart. And you see these signs in the sun. You see these signs in the moon. You see these signs in the stars. Now, some people see these as very literal descriptions. There's a volcano eruption, possibly, that causes the sun to turn black. That would also cause a red moon, possibly. There's meteorite showers. Maybe that's the idea of stars falling from the sky. Others see the symbolism of the colors that are here. I think that they could be both. Whatever, there's some very real descriptions of the fact that this world will not last. That phrase, the sky shall be rolled up like a scroll. You know it from the song, How Great Thou Art, that great hymn. The sky being rolled up like a scroll as we look forward to the fact that God has a new story to be written. There's something new that's going to happen. There are events that are happening that John is seeing. You can tell he is searching for descriptions. And he's saying, I'm seeing things fall to the earth. And it's the only way I could think of it, it's like, it's like when the wind shakes a fig tree and all of a sudden all the figs fall off. It's that way in the sky with the stars. He obviously cannot understand all that he sees. I couldn't understand all that was happening there, but he's describing everything that he sees. Now, you need to understand, as John is talking through these descriptions, that John is simply confirming what Jesus Christ has already taught us. As Jesus taught his disciples in the weeks before his death on the cross, he taught them about these kind of events. The very things that we've talked through in these seals, these scrolls, Jesus talked to them about. He talked to them about the fact that there would be war, that there would be famine. He talked to them about the fact that there would be those who experienced great earthquakes. He talked to them about the fact that the moon would turn to red, that the stars would fall from the sky. John is just affirming, is just seeing what Jesus has already taught us. Now think about this for John. As a boy, he is a follower of Jesus Christ. He's the youngest, most likely, of the 12 disciples of Jesus Christ. And he heard Jesus teach these things. And now, as an old man, he's standing in this revelation moment in heaven, and he's seeing the very things that Jesus taught him. That's the key. Don't miss that. If you miss that, you miss the message of the book of Revelation. There are some things that God has taught you about the reality of life 
that maybe life has begun to kick out of you. Maybe John, as an old man, has begun to believe these things may not happen. Maybe they won't happen. And he's seeing affirmed. No, the truth that Jesus taught you is still just as true today. Let me show you. Now, you may never get a revelation just like John got, but I pray that through God's Spirit in your life that you will get that revelation, that spiritual revelation, that some truth that you have held on to all of your life that's begun to slip from your life. You've begun to wonder, is that hope really true? Is heaven really real? Maybe as somebody that you love is facing death or you're facing death, you're beginning to question, is it really real? You can hold on to that truth. You can see it in a fresh and in a new way. This is the sixth seal, the reality of what's going to happen towards the end of this earth. Now, the seventh seal, we're not going to see it until chapter 8. We're going to go through a whole vision of what's happening in heaven before we see that. And so wait for a couple of weeks until we get to this seventh seal. But as we come to the end of today, I want to go back to verses 16 and 17. Do you see the terrible tragedy in verses 16 and 17? Here it is. It's the end of time. Everyone can see. Everything is falling apart. And in verse 15, we're told that everyone all of a sudden, we're all on the same ground. Kings of the earth, princes, generals, rich, mighty, but also every slave, every free man. We're all hiding in caves. We're all among the rocks of the mountains. The fact that this world faces a crisis, we all are going to face it together. You can see this in the world today. When an earthquake comes to a city, when a tsunami sweeps through a country, all of a sudden everybody is on the same plane. And here they all are hiding. And instead of trusting in the God who could save them, they're saying, they're saying to the very mountains, fall on us and hide us from his face. They're living in fear of him. Do you see the tragedy in that? Let me take you back to the beginning of our relationship with God. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden and they heard God approaching, do you remember what they did? They hid. They tried to hide from God. That is people's response who don't realize that God is a God of love. God is a God that we can trust. That is people's response who want to live their own lives their own way. What keeps me from realizing that God is a God of love and God is a God that I can trust? The barrier to realizing that is wanting to live life my own way, wanting to trust myself and my own selfish life, my own selfish plans. And so here in the end of time, you have people's response. They only want to escape. Just like Adam and Eve in the garden wanted to escape and hide from God because of their sin, here is all of mankind wanting to escape, hide in caves, have the mountains cover them because of their sin. It shows their unrepentant hearts. Those who try to escape God's love all of their lives will end up desiring to escape his wrath at the end. But you don't have to live that way. Someone on our research team asked, it seems here that there's a time when repentance is no longer an option. Is there some moment where they don't have any longer an opportunity to turn to him? And no, there is not. There is always an opportunity to turn to God and his love as long as we're on this planet. After we've died, that choice is over. It's given to man once to die, and after that, the judgment. But as long as I've got this life, this choice, then I have an opportunity. The point is, people aren't going to take that opportunity. We ourselves remove the option of repentance, of turning to God in our hearts and our lives, because our hearts have refused to turn to God. And so at the end of time, Instead of turning to the only one who could save them, they're going to call on the mountains to cover them. It's a very, it's a very sad, it's a very grievous 
truth of the scripture. It reminds me of what C.S. Lewis once said. He said that on this earth, I can say, my will be done, and I can do it my way. But when I get to God and he judges me, he's going to look at me and say, okay, your will be done. You wanted to be separate from me for all eternity, so I'm going to allow you to have that choice. We face separation from God not because God is vindictive. We face it because it's what we want. And those who turn from him in this life are not going to turn to him at the end because the selfishness of our lives is something we cannot overcome. We cannot overcome it except for the grace of God in Jesus Christ. The idea of God's wrath, the great day of his wrath has come, who can stand? Realize that wrath is not personal vindictiveness. If you read it that way, you won't understand the heart of the person of God. But wrath is not an impersonal process either. It is a response of God's holiness to a sinful world. He's not going to let the sin, the horror of sin, to last. It's going to be done away with someday. So what do I do about that? If I just live in my sin, that means I'm living a life that's going to be separated from him for all eternity. I don't have to live that life. I can live a life that enjoys, enjoys his goodness in the midst of this life and then looks forward to his greatness, his perfection for all of eternity. You see, as we end this chapter, and I know there's been some tough truths to look at in this chapter, there is one final reminder that I want to give you as we come to the end of this chapter. We've seen these seals being opened, one after the other after the other. And you might wonder, Who's in charge? Remember, Jesus is the one holding this scroll. It's in his hands. And when you look at your life, when you look at this world, and it seems to you that things are not working as they should, of course it does to us as human beings. And of course there are situations and circumstances that God would not want because he is allowing our choice to reign on this world sometimes. But remember that ultimately it is in the hands of Jesus. And ultimately I can trust myself to the hands of Jesus Christ. Let's do that once again right now. Lord, as we read through this chapter, we're invited again and again to trust you. I don't want to trust this world. This world is fading away and also its lusts. That's what John wrote in his letter, and it is. And then he saw it in a revelation. It's fading away. But your hope, your truth, your love, that's going to last forever. Lord, forgive me for those times when I hang on too much to this world. It's so easy to do. It's just right there. It's right in front of me. And teach me just day by day to hang on in greater and greater ways to your love because I know that is what's going to last. Thank you, Jesus, for your love for me. Thank you for your love for every person in this world and help those who do not yet know you to turn to you. I don't want anybody to face this end apart from you, afraid of you. And I pray that for my friends, for those people that I know. In your name, Jesus, amen. Well, join us next week. We're going to shift our perspective from earth back to heaven. Mm -hmm.